Broadcasting from Essex, it's the 16th of November and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $59,970. Wow, we've dipped. Ooh. Buy the dip, Joe. Buy the 9%, dip. 9% Sats you dipped. Sats per dollar are coming at 1,669 Satoshis. I am your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair... Ed Balls, Joe Memmett. <laughs> oh, God, Ed Balls. But before I go into Ed Balls, right, mm. I just was going to comment on my cryptocurrency myself, right, of the, the coins that I've got, yeah? Okay. Anyway, literally, while you were talking about um, the Bitcoin, right, yeah. the dip, my my coin, my £300 investment, right, was yeah. worth 356 quid. Right, wow. The minute we were talking, it went down to £320. Yeah. It's, <laughs> listen, it's volatile. We are talking about Jesus a young Christ. market that goes up fast and comes down even faster. I think 30 quid, right? Just went just like that. I couldn't, Mate, I couldn't believe this is it. all part of the fun of crypto. This is Wall Street. Yeah. This is uh, Wall Street um, stock market trading, but on steroids. Yeah, as I was you know, it has to. You've got, you got you. You really got to be thick skinned, haven't oh, you? Oh, totally, you can't totally. You, you are talking. You're talking a market which stays open twenty four seven, where the swings yeah. can be multiple percent every minute. Do you know what I mean? In Wall, yeah. like compare, compare and contrast it to Wall Street, mate. Trading is at a certain allotted hour of the day, seven thirty till four thirty in the evening. And if if the market goes fast, they just turn off trading. They go, oh no, it's too busy. We're just going to turn everything off and we're going to shut down the stock market. How yeah. is that a free market? Yeah, the crypto market, no. the Bitcoin market especially, is the biggest free market in the world. It never stops. No, money never sleeps, right? Money never as sleeps. They, as this, never sleeps. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, no. Ed. Oh, anyway, go back to Ed Balls. Yeah, Ed Balls. So, come then. I'm. I'm sure. So you've what's got he done? What's he done for him to be? Um, I'll tell you what he's to, done to get mentioned. So, so as you know, the formula is I find out who's tweeting, uh, who's trending on Twitter, and uh, he's trending on Twitter, and he's simply trending because he was the co-presenter of TVAM, otherwise known as Good Morning Britain. So he's trying to be, I don't know, Piers Morgan. He's trying to be the latest replacement for Piers Morgan on that shit show that nobody watches anymore, apart from, well, nobody watches TV anymore as far as I'm concerned. That, that is true, that is true. So, is uh, true. so yeah, so Ed Balls, and it obviously, you know... It sounds funny, doesn't it, when you say balls? Yeah, but I've got no, I've got no reference to him whatsoever. I mean, he was a Labour MP, right? He was, yeah. Was he it? he famously yeah. done uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, he's probably most famous for his Strictly Come Dancing, um, R- rather than his political um, crusades. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think that's pretty wild. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he was a former education uh, uh, secretary, shadow. Was he? Right. No, no, he right. would have had, no, no, I think he, he would have been in he, Blair's he would have been in Blair's government, wouldn't he? No, he he's been around, so I think he was in office at one time. Mm. I don't know what what position he was he held, because like I said, it's not something that um that he I, I kinda it doesn't it didn't mean anything to me to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Alright then, mate. Well I'm glad yeah. I finally stumped you. 
Because normally, yeah, you normally you've got a story about every single person I um I I, I uh, name call you with. So that's right. That's right. I mean, that's this one. Wow. Nothing whatsoever. Okay, I'm completely... I'm, I'm going to give myself a round of applause for that, mate. You, you you've beaten me. I have finally. Not that it was ever any competition between us. No. No, not at all. I just like stumping you. That's it. <laughs> so um, yeah, well done, me. Um, yeah, all right. Should we get on with the show? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. We were, we were let talking... me let me set up the show then, Joe. So today we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking a little bit about marketing. We're going to talk about QRs in the salon and what's overkill. Uh, we're going to reference uh, ESG. Uh, which, as you know, stands for Economic Social Governance. And it is the thing that currently, um, well, what should we say? What should we call it? It's kind of like the roadmap for corporate uh, corporate yeah, interests. Well, I, I, think, I don't think of corporate. I think it's for all, all industries. Yeah. I think it's For all industries. For, uh... it, it will water down. It will dilute and find itself. So we're going to talk a little bit about ESG. Uh, Joe has had a little bit of a fracas on LinkedIn, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that as well. Uh, and of course, um, your favourite under the bus that's coming up as well. Oh yeah, I, I, th- I won't be popular with this one, I don't think, but. I'm sure I, I think it's, it's, it has to be said. I think it has to be said. Okay, I'm well let's do. let's save that for later on in the show. Let's move on. Right. So then, mate. Um, I posted a question on our Telegram channel yesterday, and it was simply about how many QR codes are overkill in the salon. And we had a nice conversation about it, didn't we? John Coronado, bless him, he um, he put some interesting feedback in there as well. Um, so then, Joe, what is your answer to that? How many QR codes are overkill? It's overkill. Well, I mean, it, it, as as a employer, mm. I, I I know right that I sold virtually anything that was in the salon clients wanted. So fifty QR codes won't be enough in in, in a given salon, depending on the size of the salon, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, your your question was over ten, wasn't it? Would yeah, the yeah. There was a 10? poll. We put a poll on the salonomics chat that simply said, "How many QR codes around the salon is overkill? Over ten or under 10? So far, uh, only one vote because you know Telegram moves so fast that people miss it. But um, but you well, can. I, I think can 10, 10, 10 is is way too low. I, I think you look. You had to look at a much higher number because. Mm. Uh, because listen, I I I knew right. I well, I knew I sold combs, yeah. tint and bowls, you, you, you tint um tubes of tint. Yes, whatever's in the salon is for sale. Right, it's for sale. Gotcha. It, literally, and, and and that's how you go. That's how that's how I saw it. That's how clients want it, and I think that's how you go look at it. Gotcha. Really? That's really interesting. It reminds me of a story. Uh, when I was in Cuba, I was in Havana about nine years ago, I think. We were, wow, we all, fantastic. Yeah, we all went to uh, Havana for Lee's stag do before he got married. And um, what I noticed, we, st- we stayed obviously in a, a five-star hotel in the middle of Havana. It was very, very nice. But I noted that even in the hotel room, everything was for sale. So you go into the bathroom and there was these little stand up, you know, what they call them, like point of sale, 
with the price yeah. of everything on it. So if you wanted the, if you wanted obviously the the towels, if you wanted the hotel towels, the hotel uh, yes. dressing gowns, the hotel slippers, you could buy those. But That's I'd right. never seen this before. There was literally the ornaments on the side. There was like the soap <laughs> dish holder. You could buy that. There was a price tag next to it. Um, what else was there? There was like you know there was like candle. There was a price tag. Like literally everything in the hotel room. Uh, bathroom but, was for sale. Was for sale. Well, because you know what happens though. It's normally, right? I mean, I've, I've been a couple of it, right? It, we, we normally nick them, don't we? If we can, no, that's <laughs> only the right. soap. Not you know, you don't nick bloody. <laughs> but soap even the gowns, like you know, listen, no, listen. You know, the amount of times that you, five star hotels, right? You know, you're spending thousands, right, for a week. You got to take something out, right? You got to, you have to, you, a gown, you know, the bath, the bathroom. Um, Robe, you know, with the yeah. the logo on it, anything, mate. You 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 you, you just do it. You know, what I mean, it's not the hotels have uh, that kind of like drawn into their like business plan. Then, that yeah, if, if certain they, things got, get it's stolen. Wastage. Yeah, we're still yeah, it's wasted. It's wasted. Oh, I gotcha. Well, you know, like a wastage. So yeah, so going back to the uh, the QR codes, mm. I I believe over fifty, right, is still. It's still a, a reasonable number mm. to. Uh, it's it's what you can't sell, and then it becomes the overkill, basically, which will probably be the staff, the air conditioning, you know, or the lighting. Like, sure. do you know what I mean? So, so, really, so, really. would you be up for like if you still had your salon, like um, you your salon in um, Sloan Sloan Street? Uh, yeah. How many chairs did you have? Let's let's walk through it. Let's figure it out. I, I had I had to twelve chairs upstairs. Yeah. And twelve chairs downstairs. 12 chairs now downstairs, downstairs. The, the the twelve chairs downstairs, two were inactive, as in like they were like where the climate zone was. You know, people being processed. Sure. Right. So so there was so I had twenty two chairs which were actually operative. Yeah. Right. And then a couple of backwashes. And, I mean, do you well, put QR was, uh, codes uh, at the backwashes? No, you don't. No. Okay. But but you've got products beyond the um, backwashes with QR codes. Well, this is the point. Right? So John John Coronado was saying, um, you know, there should be one QR code at each station, at each section, uh, plus retail points and reception, and a large one on the windows. So, so by that metric, you should have twenty two, plus one at reception, plus one on the window, twenty four. Um, yeah, so so in your your salon you would have had maybe, maybe yeah I, I, exactly it, I mean I'm not going to sort of say the bathroom either or the staff room or a dispensary right mm. but you you never know okay yeah because it, it, the whole idea not that I'm a great believer in selling uh, I you know I, I I was never a great believer of selling but there was always opportunities to sell because um, clients wanted it. Mm. It is as simple as that. You, you know, even even a cutting comb, Aaron, you have to have a cutting comb in your salon yeah. because you can sell it. Sure. No, it, no, it, I think it's a really good point. I think it's a really good point. What about reception area? Did you have a reception area in your, your salon, Joe? Yeah, well, I did, yeah, because, I was, I, I, you know, I mean, obviously, fast forward to, to today's world, if I, if I was to do a salon, right, I wouldn't have a reception, but... I'm going back. To my last salon was ten years ago, so definitely I had a reception, and it was a very nice reception desk. If I don't mind me saying so. No Thank reception to, desk. Uh, I mean a, re- a reception like waiting area, like where your clients can come and sit and wait. I, I had a small area. I, it was small. It was small. It, it was small because um, 
I, I didn't have a very one of the things that I really did want to practice right was a, was a big waiting room sure you know where yeah. clients waited because you know even then I sort of knew the importance of time you know sort of like um, time poor how clients the clients were mm. so they wanted to be in and out as quickly as possible and you know they, they would pay a premium for that obviously there, there was another narrative where like 25 pound blow dries these blow bars right but um mm. You know, clients would rather sort of pay that lot more money and get a better service, and they could be in that as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's a good. Um, that's, yeah, a, that's, a, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, because obviously it does depend. You know, I think. Do you think COVID has pretty much eradicated the the usefulness of waiting areas now? Um, yeah. Literally, yeah. a client. Yeah. I mean, you've got to minimise the amount of walking a client actually does around the salon, right? So once they get coloured in their area, they've kind of got to stay in their area, right? Do you know what I mean for the whole process? Well, if, if well, if you remember the 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 the, the, the great restart, right? The, the clients were told, or salons were advised, right? Clients would be outside. If if, if there was a, they couldn't wait in a the salon, they had to wait outside, didn't they? Mm. Remember, I mean, yeah. that narrative's disappeared now. But um, and obviously the reception area, not... the reception area, like kind of paid. It kind of had two roles, didn't it? Like not the reception area, but mm. the waiting area. Sorry, it had two yeah. roles. You could stick your clients there that were processing. And obviously, it was for yeah. your clients that were coming in to have the the next appointment. Now, since that's right. post COVID, that's pretty much been killed because obviously nobody wants to be touching because people still believe you can catch COVID from a magazine. So they binned magazines, didn't they? They got rid of magazines yeah. from the salons, and and obviously they, like you say, they got rid of the, they got rid of the waiting area because you can't be expected to keep sanitizing over and over and over and over. Again, yeah, the, yeah, the same, right. the same I, I, place. I, I, I went to, um, I mean, to, sorry to interrupt, but I, I went to go and saw uh, my niece um, who works at Neville's. Yeah, I saw, saw Neville at the same time and Eleanor at the same time. Mm. And I popped into the salon and, you know, they, they kind of did their, refit their salon, right? Redesigned it slightly. So their, their reception desk got a lot smaller as well. Oh. Before they had a very big, massive reception area. Didn't they have like three and, receptionists as well? Yeah, they still got the three receptionists as well. There was well, there were three three girls behind the reception area. And isn't it true? But back they, in the they, day, you tried to sleep with all of them. <laughs> who, said, who said that? Oh, just something I heard. Talking? Just something I heard through the grapevine. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rex, well, if you're listening. This was this was before oh, you she, met Rex. She knows obviously. the stories. She knows the stories. <laughs> I, let's put it this way, Aaron. I didn't try hard. Um, you didn't have <laughs> didn't to. to you didn't hard. have to try hard. No, no, there was a bit of joke. Um, <laughs> no, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. Um, I tell you something. I could do a whole year's show on that on that in that area for, for definitely. Um, don't. No. Don't. No, I'm don't not threaten no. that, mate, because we're being inundated <laughs> with messages. I know. I'll probably get. I'll probably get done. Yeah. You know what I mean? For whatever. Um, no, it was interesting because it was it was much smaller, but uh, but the area opened up the, that reception area because you you've been to the salon, haven't you? Do you remember the yes. area? Yeah, it was on the left hand side. You walk in That's the door right. on the left hand side, right all the way along the wall, wasn't it? It was quite exactly quite big. Well, in, imagine half the size of that. So all of a sudden, that whole area is opened up, mm. but there was no. Um, sofa or armchair or seating area for a wait, for a waiting client that was interesting i don't know it's because they're waiting for it to be delivered or or um, 
Or, or sort no, it's of probably it's probably regulations, mate. You know, because yeah. obviously everyone's narrative, every salon owner's narrative has changed. To, We're going to keep you safe. You know, well, this is it, Aaron. Well, this is it, right? You know, this oh, is, we can't this is... have those, you know, germ-encrusted waiting areas in there. We can't have magazines in there full of germs, you know. Well, the, well this, is the, this is the thing I was going to get to. Right. It was busy, you know. But once I walked away from that reception area, which was all lovely and opened up, and I saw Neville sort of like sitting in my chair, you know, but, but the first chair was mine when I used to work there. Really? And all really? The way so you was, all... you, was, you was up front then? You was like oh, the yeah. first... Oh, yeah, I was always... Was that tactical? Yeah. Well, it wasn't... Listen, I think it wasn't tactical... There was no tactic there because I wanted to be the showpiece. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And, and also, I was a front of chair. That's what people saw first. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, but but I know you. That's probably your your mind is to get you in the the you know the client's eyes so that you right. would be the first one that they remember if their style, and, and also, hairstylist but, didn't turn up maybe that that's day. That's right. And and on also very importantly, right? Mm. Light. Yeah, that's where the best light is. You've got to, you you the closer you are to the window, mm. the better the light. Yeah, you see, you know I some you rely on artificial light, but also you've got the the, the blend of the art uh, the natural light as well. So you get a really good consistent um, sort of like on the on the head. You see, there's no dark areas to miss out on. Yeah, well, light so is that's, important. No, no, no. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll carry on. That, so that's, carry that's, on. that's the worst. So you anyway, used so, to always have that first chair. Yeah, right. You know, for that very reason. And it was heaving, Aaron. It was busy. I mean, it, what day it was, was it? Close. What this was? Uh, what day was it? So uh, let, let me go to my diary. Um, Saturday. Thursday. The last Thursday. No, Thursday. Okay. Thursday. It was Thursday. Because I have to be working. It's an interesting in the Carter Tower Hotel, right? And which is literally around the corner. So I thought, you know what, well, let me go and see Neville uh, just quickly. And we'll see about this as well. It was busy. It was about one o'clock in the afternoon. And then I went, I went to go and see uh, another friend up, 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 upstairs. And it was busy up there as well. All right? And. But they were very, very tightly together, you see. I mean, if I was to work in there today, mm. I'd be claustrophobic, Aaron. Really? You had a lot more space back in the day then, did you? Yeah, there was a lot more space. So, in one way, right, it, it should, they, they opened up one area, but the chairs were actually, they seemed a lot tighter. Because when I used to cut hair, I don't know if you, you did as well, right? I used to like sitting on a stool. So, my chair had to work around the stool left and right obviously because i was the first chair i had no one on the left hand side but it was around the right hand side i didn't want anyone next to me on my right hand side do you know mm. what i mean when i was with the stool so because if you can't sort of sit down on the left hand side and stand up on the right hand side you're not going to get a good haircut or a balanced haircut so it had to be literal eye level mm. here right it was heaving out and i thought whoa i was talking to my niece and you know what I, I I just I just felt very uncomfortable without with all the noise and the, on the bodies, mm. and yet the reception area was beautifully spaced out, really. Mm -hmm. So, so what do you think? So what do you think that the the latest booms? Uh, do you think um, has everyone come back to has everyone come back to London? Is that what it is? 
Well, there's a lot more tourists around because there, there's a dog walking friend of mine. She's a taxi driver. And when I say she, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a black cab taxi driver. Mm-hmm. And, and she actually gives me the, uh, mm-hmm. when I saw see her, she's got a pug as well. And uh, she's telling me, yeah, she's a lot more busy now than she has been in, in the last 18 months. Gotcha. Really. So, so there's a lot of positiveness in, in, in that area. And, and I did go to the hotel. Uh, I did a client of mine who who's sort of like from um, Jordan, and she had she was I haven't seen her since lockdown even about two years, and and she was quite eager to see me as well. So again, you know the interesting thing about the hotel, the, the Jamara Hotel. They, I was talking to the concierge, which I remember some years ago. It's still there, and it was telling me they spent a hundred million pound refit in the hotel. And what they did, they had about 380 rooms. But what they did, they actually got rid of all the rooms and they they expanded on the room. So each room right, is more like a, uh, a suite to a double room. So they've got 180 rooms, but they're bigger. So obviously they're going to charge more money rather than have a, a price scale. Really, it's not like a single bed or a double bed. They've got all suites now. So it's going to be one level pricing. So again, that's quite clever, I think. So you've got less room, less staff. But bigger, bigger margins. Gotcha. So, so that's that, positive, then, right? I mean, the fact yeah. that um, you know Thursday, um, she's really busy. You don't think it's because they're doing um, any kind of discounts or anything like that? Was it like genuine uh, business that was in there, or or what? Yeah, I, th- I think it was genuine business. I, I you know, it was, it was quite good to see. It really was very good to see, mm. um, but, but it could be just that moment, right? I'm not going to say that's probably from nine till six or so ten till five. It, it just happened to be that moment, sure. which, which they were, they were busy. Um, but then you know, so Neville's always been a very busy salon anyway, Aaron. Mm. You know, I I I, I worked there, so okay, is, okay, really. yeah. but. But going back to your QR codes... Yeah, thank you. I don't want to lose track yeah, of that. Yeah, I mean, we're completely I, I lost think, track already. I right? think, yeah, QR you've got to look at the look So, at so would Neville have QR codes in it? At the time when I was there, no. No, 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 I'm talking... They weren't invented that many years ago. I'm talking, no. would, would they... I mean, because obviously Ellen has been managing the Amazon salon over the yeah. last uh, year or so, hasn't she? So she's yeah. got to understand, you know, the power of QR codes and the power of... So do you think it's quite revealing, the fact that she hasn't put any QR codes up yet? Or do you think that goes against the Neville brand? I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it goes against it. Is it the government's guidelines that you can't really have products on shelves anymore? No. Is that... No, that's not no? true. No. That's not true. Okay. I, I I think it's best you ask that question to her. To uh-huh. her. I, I can't right. answer that question on her behalf. I'm sorry. All right, I'll ask her uh, because, like, yeah. like I say, you know, she's had first-hand, uh, you know, witness to you know Amazon's tricks and tips over the last like year. So she must see whether people are engaging with these QR codes or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the the, 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 the interesting thing I find with hairdressers, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, you're gonna hate me for saying this, and a lot of people will hate me for saying. It. Half the time, you can't believe anything they say. It, it, do, do, do you know what I mean? Well, like it, fishermen. Yeah. Oh, it was that big. It was that it big. Was, yeah. Yeah. I spent an hour fighting it. You know. What I mean? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you, you can ask a question, but if you get a straightforward answer, 
I don't know if that will actually okay. answer your question. All right. So what about QR codes in the um, in the staff room? Because obviously, as you know, I am going to see the ladies at the Creative Hub, which are a freelance studio based in Milton Keynes. Um, Am I coming as well? You well, yeah, absolutely. If you would like to uh, okay. come, I'm going to say, I like to say, I'm going. You said, I was what you said. We are, yeah, we are going. Yeah, okay. We are going. Yeah, but yeah. I know you. You know, you could have yeah. uh, the Bin Ladens turn up Sunday morning, and you, <laughs> you could drop me like a stone. So you know, that is true. I didn't want to. That is true. <laughs> and, I, and I don't resent you for that either. You know, that's just no. na- that's just natural, right? Um, that's right. No, what I was going to say was, um, I had a meeting with uh, our our PR guy last week, our marketing expert, and he was he was basically trying to open my eyes to the fact that, you know, the old way of doing things are still working today. You know, when he's talking about just focus on the shop, giving people the shop, and, and um, he was basically saying, for Go Salon, I should be providing every salon with QR codes, branding, logos, all of this point of sale stuff for free. And I understand why he's saying that because obviously he's a guy that owns a marketing agency that is pitching for loads of print work, loads of design work. Do you know what I mean? So I understand that's his that's his um that's his modus operandi. I'm for for you know yeah, thinking about I know another you. term that's that's his that's his pitch that's that's what his business does i get that but as you know joe Mehmet, i'm i'm really striving to try and create something new and to try and take the industry in another direction away from this reliance on all these outside sources you know which basically nickel and dime you until like you know it's not even worth turning up to work anymore and 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 what so what i'm saying is he suggested that i spend fortunes on marketing design and put it all around the salon gratis and you spend it are you spending on his and his i'm his spending company. my right. budget on his company as opposed yeah. to putting all yeah. of my budget into creating the tech that makes hairdressers lives easier well if if, if i don't if i'm sort of thinking out loud on my feet right yeah, if, you, if you think you're, you're, if you look at your sort of the, the clients right who are spending money right like the mm. the older generation as in sort of the 30s to the 40s to the 50s to the 60s right mm. they're the ones who will spend money in a salon I, I, I wouldn't think young kids would and, and old people wouldn't right mm. so forget that group and if I sort of think about the sort of 30, 40, 50, 60 they would actually buy with their eyes, won't they? Obviously, young kids, you know, with sort of computers or sort of like not smartphone savvy, right? They'll go with a QR. Mm. But um, but the, the other generation will probably buy with their eyes, won't they? And yeah. Then, yeah. And, and then go through the process of the QR when they're checking out. Yeah. Type of thing. So, so yeah. So, this so is why I'm saying about the staff room. You know, do we yeah. put... Do we put posters up in the star? Like, because I'm, I'm willing to compromise. I'm willing to listen to what Neil's saying. Absolutely. But I'm not necessarily well, willing to, to plunge a lot of our budget in print and, well, you know, do, um, do, yeah, posters you remember, and things like that. Look, it cast your mind a couple of years ago before lockdown. We went to Sun International. We saw the um, the smart mirror. Yes. Bef- yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the guy sort of saying, right, that 
there could be an extra revenue coming from from um, advertising. You could get um, advertisers advertising on a smart mirror. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, he was saying right. that basically the apps haven't been built yet. The apps haven't. Yeah, been because created. of five G. Because yeah. of five G wasn't around, right? Yeah. So the, the technology. So we've got five G now. So you could probably get uh, QR codes in the staff room, right, to suit your staff's. Um, desires to their likings obviously that they're not going to buy a shampoo or a comb but they might buy say you know a watch or a, mm. or, or a pair of shoes or whatever do you know what i mean would that it's not be done is... verbally during a team meeting i mean I, i'm talking more like kind of motivational-esque posters you know reminders to the staff how important it is to get the app on the the customer's home screen. Right, right. Oh, I see. So, you know, so, I'm not yeah. talking about selling to the staff. The staff will already yeah. know that if they no. buy through the salon links, then, you know, the salon gets a kickback. I, I, I think that's, that's that. kind of more pressure. That's pressure selling, isn't it? That's pressurizing the staff. And I was never a believer no, of but, that. But not, not, when it's, not when it's a poster on the wall. You know, it's, it's not well, saying yeah, if, you if, must if, do this. It, it's saying, look, if you do this, you could earn an extra 10% a week. Well, you could, yeah, you could have that in the post. Yeah, you could do that. Yes, because yeah. there was always going to be some kind of um, uh, messages on, on, on the staff room anyway. Yeah. So you could have that as a message um, board, definitely. Okay. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, because I started, obviously, so we're going up to see this freelancer studio. And as you know the story, you know, we, we did try and um, build a freelancer studio last year in South End, but obviously, COVID kind of put paid to that. Um, yeah. So we're going up to see another one. So I so just as a, an R&D, just an experiment, I have created a few posters for them and a few different QR codes that I'm going to show them and I'm going to say, look, you know, you can put these around the salon to prompt, you know, your staff or your customers yeah. while they're waiting, you know, give us a review um have a you know a join a monthly prize draw you know by scanning this code how about this one i thought of a good gorilla one uh, which is um you know you know every salon you want to join their their wi-fi right you want to get yeah. their wi-fi code well you can use a qr code to basically you know the the, the client could basically join your wi-fi by simply scanning a qr code that's possible as well yes. Yeah. So oh, how about a QR for that? Because obviously that makes it easier. And, and obviously when, when customers get the idea of seeing how easy these things make things, do you know what I mean, QRs, yes. then maybe it kind of opened their eyes to them. So, no, no, that's, listen, I, 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 that's, a great, that's a great shout. That's yeah. a fantastic shout. And, and, the, and the easier it becomes for them, the less fearful they will exactly. have with technology. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Very, very good shout, that's a good shout. So, so, so I, I yeah, you know, you're talking um, book your next appointment while they're sat in the chair. You know, there's a QR code mm. for that. You're talking, you know, buy the product picks that your, the stylist has used on your hair today. There could be a code for that, QR yeah. for that. Um, but like I say, join the, the salon Wi-Fi, scan this code. You know, maybe we could just ha put the code behind a um, like a page on the actual uh, Go Salon app as well. You know, press this button to, you know, to download the code or whatever it is. Because like I say, uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get, first and foremost, we're trying to get the app on the client's home screen. That yes. is prime real estate right there because the second that you get one client on that, straight away their life's easier because they can request your appointment, they can pay via the app, and they can buy your favorite products from the app. So so that's really about um, 
about the reason why we need to get on the client's home screen. So just prompting the staff in the staff room with posters, just letting them know, yeah. just letting them know this That's is right, why right. it's important. It's little reminders. Yeah. Little reminders. So, so, so on that, right, mm. how many QR codes do you think you need in a salon then? Uh, like I say, it's, 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 there's a formula to it. Um, and judging from what you and John have said between you, um, you know, depend on how many know, chairs. What you know. Yeah, it just depends on how As... many sections you've got. If you've got if you've got ten ten chairs, ten mirrors, there should be probably a QR code, at least one on each mirror. Just with yeah. a little introduction to the client. Just saying, you know, um, really appreciate if you download our or if you scan this code, you'll get access to our favourite products, and you'll be paying the internet price on. You know, it, you know, and maybe a message that says, "And in doing so, you would be supporting your hairdresser." Do you know what I mean? What if you were to sort of give a do a, do a freebie, like you know, there'd be like a ruffle every month for uh, totally. You know. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that in the waiting area, like I, like yeah, I was exactly. saying. You know, scan this code to to be entered into a monthly prize draw for our product uh, of the month. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they have to answer a question. Yeah, you know, if they're correct, it goes into a draw. So, so yeah, I think yeah, because then then it makes it a little bit more fun, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah. It gamifies the whole thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If if you can yeah. just open your camera on your phone scan a qr code and it takes you directly into joe's world and joe's yeah. world is set up to you know promote good hair hygiene good hair and, health do you know and, what i mean and every and every hundred client that does it gets a free shampoo or free product exactly you could do you know, which costs like nothing to the salon but they get the importance that in the qr makes, is working exactly Exactly. So I think yeah, there's yeah. a lot of ideas there, Joe. Thank of course you there is, that. yeah. Thank you there for is, that. That was pleasure, pleasure mate. Um, yes. All right. Well, I mean, if you wanted to, um, if you've got any suggestions about any of that kind of stuff, you can also um, go and download Telegram, which is a fantastic app. It, it behaves a little bit like WhatsApp, uh, but one, it's not owned by Facebook. Two, um, it's... It's a great way of, you know, finding communities of companies or customer service of companies. All 21st century companies have a Telegram channel. So you can ask the people direct what you need to know about their product. We like it because it has all these things. You can live stream. You can do Clubhouse-like audio on there. I mean, me and Joe, just before we, we started recording this show, we did a live stream on there talking about what we were going to put in today's show. Um, so we have lots of engaged people on there. Oh, and also, if by downloading the, the, the tele, Telegram app, search Salonomics, join the group. It's a public channel. You can join the group. And I've put a, a Bitcoin faucet in there that if you press a button, you can get to have your very first Bitcoin if you've never done that before. So. I, wonder if, I wonder if Marcus, my mechanic, my Ducati mechanic, because yeah. um, he joined Telegram, I wonder if he's got his first Satoshis. I don't know. Should we ask him? I'm going to put a message on there. I'm going to give him yeah. a shout. Marcus. Marcus Jones. That's him. That's, it. that's him, yep. Did you get any satoshis from the faucet above because it's coming off my motorcycle bill <laughs> ah, there you go there you go listen mate it's uh it's all good um 
Yeah. All right then, mate. Can, so... you, can you imagine, right? Those two Satoshis you're going to give him, right? It's worth what? Three, four P? Not even that. Right? Can you imagine, right? If, if um, Bitcoin goes up to a hundred thousand pounds, right? That could pay for my service. That um, two Satoshis. <laughs> Absolutely. You know I mean? you just imagine, yeah. Imagine if <laughs> yeah, we yeah. get uh, dollar sat parity, uh, yeah. and then three satoshis will be uh, three dollars. You know, yeah. exactly. I mean, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. Mm. Really would be. Right. Okay. Anyway, next, next, next. Ding, ding. Right. Okay, then, mate. So, um, you know what? I'm gonna push ESG back because I really want to get into your LinkedIn chat, and I know once you start going with that. Uh, which one with uh, with um, Marcus Rashford, David Drew? Which no, one? Marcus Rashford, you're throwing under the bus. I'm going to throw. We're under talking the bus. about your LinkedIn chat with David Drew because okay. let me set up the premise then for everybody. So the premise is this: David Drew is the recently elected uh, vice chair of the Hair and Barber Council. Is that correct? No, is is he? I, I yes. thought he was past president. I thought he was a past no, president of no, the he, No, he has just been recently... I mean, whether you go for elections or whether, you know, it's a paid job or... Do you know what I mean? Who knows? He is... Um, yeah, yeah, the vice he, chair. Yeah, he is the, right. the vice chair of um, the Hair and Barber Council. As you know, the Hair and Barber Council... do 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 Nobody trusts them. No. And the reason why nobody trusts them is because they are a mouthpiece for our government. Uh, they represent product companies and they talk down to us uh, like we are all idiots, basically. Um, they like to think that they support the hair industry, but like the government, they are a threat to our industry. And I think this LinkedIn chat that you had with him it was so compelling to me, Joe, and it, and it really does prove how blind some of these people are and, and, and lack of awareness that they are. So basically, it go, the story goes as this, and then you can come in. Let me set the whole premise up. No, so. no, you, you go ahead, because uh, I, I like to sort of see from your, your sure. angle. Cause, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. David Drew retweeted or reshared a message on LinkedIn from Colette Osborne. Now, Colette Osborne was um, sharing the fact that, well, not the fact. We can't even say these are facts, Joe, because it's all conjecture. Because how do they know, right? How well, do they know? Well, let me set the premise up. Right, so let me set the premise up. So Colette Osborne shared a post about calling hair and beauty and barbering professionals. 39% of freelance and self-employed are allegedly not qualified and they are taking your clients and income. Before you shoot the messenger, where she's made a spelling mistake, short the messenger, uh, and, and there was a whole, whole long, long diatribe about, you know, MBQ, two and three. But basically, the premise is... People that are unqualified are stealing your jobs. So let's rally round and let's attack them uh, in no uncertain sense. Um, the point you have to... the point. So the point that David Drew is obviously sharing this because he obviously believes that to be the same too. But obviously we've spoke about this on the show many, many times. 
But why can't these people see that the, they are the majority of the industry? They are many. Those people that are underqualified or not qualified that are trying to get into a new industry aren't taking money away from you, I, or any other salon out there. Why no. can't they get this through their thick skulls? That if your salon business is failing, it's not because there's a bloke round down the road who's just started barbering and he's charging his mates £5 a haircut to practice while he gets good. Do you know what I mean? What, 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 so, 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 yeah. So basically, obviously, you, you, the, yeah. The you, point, the, the point, the, the, point the point is, the point is that you attacked David for sharing it. You merely yeah. pointed out on your, on your comment that, come on, guys, stop, stop this. As a hairdresser, no, divi- no one has a divine right to clients. It's the clients who choose who they want to do their hair. That's right. It's simple. So, right? do you want to do you want to take the baton on from that point? Uh, I do. Okay, look, I mean, this, 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 going back to it's all all sports rant, right? Because all they were capital letters. Yeah, it so was a rant, letter, right? Yeah, it was a rant. It's a rant, right? It, it says public, please. I mean, this she's she's appealing to the public on LinkedIn. I mean, that that for a start, right? Is so saying, hey guys, look at me. I'm doing something that no one's going to take notice of, mm. right? So it's virtual signaling. It says, public, if you have a freelance mobile, if you're a freelance mobile, say for pro stars, or even a salon, ask to see their qualifications, right? Now, no hairdresser, employer, right, will employ a hairdresser without a trade test. It's as simple as that, right? You don't go into a job based on qualifications. In, in, our, in our industry, anyway, Aaron, yeah. I could have... I could have all the diplomas in the world, right? I could have a PhD in psychology. Mm. If I can't pick up a, a pair of scissors and cut hair, I won't get a job, mm. right? So, again, what she's all saying here is completely illogical, all right? So, secondly, going back to sort of David Drew, I didn't attack David Drew. I said, I was actually attacking the post. I said, come on, guys, because how many times have we seen this? Since lockdown, Aaron, mm. eighteen months we've been yeah. seeing this. Yeah, I mean, this so, is this is this is what the kind of government are starting to do to unvaccinated people. This is this divide and conquer thing, isn't it? This let's separate yeah. everyone into their little factions, us v them. Um, okay, this this post was done at what five days ago, right? Yeah. Nearly a week ago. How many likes did they get? Three, right? Three likes. Okay. Yeah. And and they've got eight comments, and most of it's all through me. So again, right? They they're posting something that no one's. I mean, I'm. This is what I find really. That's what I find really frustrating about the post, right? They're posting this, and no one's engaging. There's no, there's no sort of like um, continuity, right? They just kept pounding in there, pounding in there. So like, say, look, right? We're busy. We're trying to get this regulations through. We're trying to get. When really at the day, the government's never going to regulate the industry because we know we we know the reasons why, as we we, we stipulated in the previous show, and yet these. Morons, they keep beating the same drum, and that's what really have got my note goat right. And hence, why I said no hairdresser has a divine right to my two clients. I mean, how many times have you heard the hairdresser say, Oh, she's my client, or he's my client? Bullshit, that no, client is right. free, yeah, yeah, you know? free to choose who they want to who they want e- e- to exactly. Do um, so, so this is the point. I mean, obviously, this is um, gaslighting. 
a certain yes. segment of our industry to discuss it. But their one goal is to get as many people registered as possible, you know, and as we know. You know, they're doing a terrible, terrible uh, job of doing that because they've managed to get about less than 10,000 people, I think. Uh, 10,000 people paying 80 quid a year. You know, that that adds up to be quite a few quid. So the fact that these people elevate themselves to being these... Um, the what would you call person. The spokespeople Spokes. for our industry. You Forget know, when it. no one's put them there, they have a financial incentive to get us registered and that is simply so that they can be the the regulators of the industry they can be the bureaucrats they can be the administrators they can make the rules of what's right and what's wrong this is sucks smacks of self-interest and these people are like i say i think it's futile and sometimes i think it's futile us even commenting on it because every decent hairdresser out there that's worth their salt, they don't pay any attention to any of this political nonsense anyway, do they? Of course, of course they don't. You, you know, I, there was an I was an argument, not an argument, but you know, going to talk. It was there was this old guy right who was sort um, sort claiming that all cash in hand workers, i.e., builders, gardeners, window cleaners, all that, right, are tax dodgers. All right. And we, we discussed this, and you, made, and you made a very valid point. Cash is good for local businesses. It, it, it keeps them afloat, right? And I think what these guys don't realise, okay, when you work in a big city like London, yeah, you've got the, you've got the cream of the, uh, the hairdressing fraternity, right? But once you move away from, you know, north of Watford, you go to Barking, you go to various little towns, right? you've got all these little salons, right, which is surviving, you know, pretty on cash, all right, and they don't want to be registered because they, the minute they go registered, right, that cash that gets diluted all of a sudden because they're not working for themselves. Well, it's another expense, for the man. isn't it? It's another well, they're expense. working for the man, mm. and and no one works, no one goes into business, right, to work for the man. They work, they want to work for themselves. You eat, you know, our industry, you eat what you kill. I know it's a horrible way, way of putting it, but you know that that is the truth. And and David Drew, for some reason or another, right missed the point that I was trying to make. Yeah, totally. Took a, yeah, it went right above his head. And, and he's trying to sort of like give me his um, philosophy uh, about training. And yet, I know, and you, you know yourself, right, today's standard of training is atrocious. And who are responsible for it? The very people that actually implement these regulations yeah. the guidelines the people asking asking us to get registered <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah and they're, they're really responsible so they're saying the standards so poor well look at yourself mm. so david drew could osborne anybody out there look at yourself before you criticize the industry mm. and then you come and talk to me those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones uh, exactly Totally. Anyway, that's, that's I, you know, I, you know, I don't want to get into an argument with these guys, right? But somehow I sort of seem to get in there because I just want to put my valuable experience, right? Because I care about the industry, like we, all, like we, all, we keep saying. Mm. But I just wish they would just wake up, uh, and um, you know, even David sort of said, right? You know, um, improve the standards. Well, come and talk to us. We will help you improve your standards because we know how to do it. Simple as that. Mm. And 
in in today with today's real time because i was i was um i was listening to a podcast the other day right just i was just having the car right and they were talking about the young generation future education today's kids are a lot more smarter and faster than kids 10 years ago kids 20 years ago kids 30 years ago right and yet if you go into the hairdressing apprenticeship they've still got the same old boring mvq system the curriculum mm. they haven't adapted to the yeah. young generation whatsoever yes it's at least 10 years behind isn't it all of that completely um, completely yeah well like i say i mean um David, I mean, his his comments back to you were kind of quite pretentious. They were quite unaware, um, and and like I say, he he's just trying to tarnish a lot of people well, with with the same brush. And well, in, in any other in, other in in any other industry, um, he would be he's being prejudiced, isn't he? He's yes. being prejudiced, yes. and he's not backing it up with any facts or anything. He's just saying and he's just basically he's... using his position. As what position as, as vice chair, as of, vice the chair of the hair and barber council? You Fuck know, that's off, why mate, he, you know. he disagreed with you. You know, it's like, but you know, you, you did try. And, you? you did try and articulate your point, but he 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 backed away from the conversation by saying, "Let's agree to disagree." Yeah, so, but, but yeah, he's, he's sort of saying because he's the vice chair, he's he's better than me. It's anyway, best speaking, you know how I dealt with it, didn't you? Yes, you put a good one. I just put my meme of the Anon with a sign guy, uh, and he's holding up a cardboard bit of cardboard that says, "My clients don't care if I'm registered," and that's and, it. Exactly. And, and I actually sort of and said, "Look, you don't have to agree with me, but yeah. you have to understand well, that what's out there now isn't good enough, and yeah. going for regulation registered is a disaster either." No. So, but you know what, right? I actually think they do listen to us. They don't agree with us, Aaron. Yeah. But and. And I'm not saying we, we're right all the time, but we're never wrong. No, I mean, it's healthy. <laughs> it, it is healthy for somebody to listen to the opposition to what, you know, what they're peddling. You know, yeah. I think it is healthy for them to do that. And if they aren't listening, I wish they would, because we are coming at this from the individual perspective. We are coming yeah. at this from the point of view that who gives you the right to prevent somebody else from going out and putting food on their table? That's all and, we're saying. That's, that's all right. we're and saying. There's no law, and there's no law in the world that would practice, um, endorse that. Well, they would th never deny anyone. But this is the thing. This is what these liberals do. You know, they conflate two and three things to keep you in a state of confusion. They're conflating beauty. They're conflating colour and chemical services with hairdressing yeah do you know what i mean we agree with them of course you shouldn't be doing color if you've never picked up a bottle of peroxide but hey if you do and you annihilate somebody's hair your career's over anyway it's over yes. do you know what i mean so that's, that's right. the risk you take we take a risk every appointment and that's these right. people want us to jump through more hoops and it's just like i say it's we don't want more governance we don't want more regulations guys we are already massively regulated and it's called competition we have two three four hundred hairdressers or beauty pros in every town in this country we have to compete with them and if we can't compete with them 
it's our own fault. Nobody else's. That's that's all. That's all the message we're trying to get out there. And, and I tell you something about clients as well, right? Mm. And I I can tell you this, right, for fact, you know, right? And, and you're talking about so the, again, I'm talking about the elite clients, right? Because I was I worked in the top salons in, in London. If if a client, right, if it's sort of like a Parisian or a New Yorker or a, a, a Milanese type of thing, clients, right? That their favorite hairdresser, right? And they were living in London. Mm. They would fly to Italy. They would fly to Spain. They would fly to Paris. They would fly to New York. They'd fly anywhere to go and get a haircut. That's right. Right? Yeah. No, to follow their favorite, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, again, it's nothing to do with qualification. Nothing to do with it. it. It's about nothing. the customer choice. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Totally. Anyway, shall we move on yes. because yeah, we're already so. fifty minutes in. Yes. Uh, I am. Um, I'm. I'm reaching you, the. You begin- no, I'm reaching the end of my fast for today. Uh, and I'm going to be. Well, I, I fast every day, mate. I do this sixteen hours on, sixteen hours off. Well, you uh, know, I fast every day. Uh, sorry, sixteen hours. Meals. Yeah. Well, there you go. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I try and fast for sixteen hours a day if I can. Go Salon automates your retail process. We connect you and your client to a distributor online that will fulfil your order and send it direct to your customer. This enables all of our users to earn commission without any extra work. It's that simple. Sign up today. GoSalon.uk. I think we're going to have to push ESG back, Joe, because we're already about 50 minutes in. Uh, and I really want to get your under the bus this week because I think it's a really powerful one. Well, it is powerful, but I think David Drew should be under the bus. <laughs> Are you changing your under the bus at the last no, moment? No, you know what? I, I think I think these guys should go under the bus. So I, but yeah. right. Marcus Rashford... Marcus Rashford, what has Marcus right. Rashford done... For well, you to want to throw him under a bus, he hasn't done anything, right? But I think it's it's the, the what he stands for needs to be highlighted, right? Is that he, he got MBE the other day, right, for his um, feed the school kids campaign, right, which everybody saw like congratulating him on. Now, I know for a fact, right, that idea is not original because Mesut Özil, uh, he's been doing it for years and years and years. Right, he's been providing free meals every day since he's been at the Arsenal. Amy Willow was at Germany, uh, playing in Germany, right? Because as a Muslim, 10% after he paid all his bills and things like that, whatever's left of his um, wealth, it, it's a good thing to donate 10% of your um, salaries, your, your earnings, to charities. And he's been doing this for decades right well so not decades but well 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 for over uh, 10, 10, 10 years well since he's been the arsenal so marcus rashford right he okay he gets a message across but the problem that i find with marcus rashford is that he 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 attacked the government to provide free meals and, and i believe right whatever the government um pays for we eventually pay ourselves now marcus rashford earns 10 million pounds a year right that's his salary and i and it can easily, and, and these football, right, they don't pay taxes because they're offset it against their future earnings, all right? So because it's a short, short career, they offset it. So again, so his salary, it can easily afford to pay, what, uh, a meals, get his footballing friends, anything. No, it goes a gun which everybody um, attacks. And as a footballer, it should stick to playing football and not try and be uh, a champion of the people 
with 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 no cause, right? Because I don't believe he, he actually believes in the cause. It just highlights the problem, but he wanted us to sort of deal with it, not himself, really. And and because of that, right? He I thought when he first when he first burst onto the scene as a Manchester United supporter, he was he had the potential to have the world at his feet. Now, right? He can't even get a game for England. He can't even get a game for May United. The May United supporters don't like him. His, his ratings as a footballer, his value as a footballer, has dropped immensely. He's become, well, Emma Radicano, is, they're the same boat. The minute they get this sort of like, um, this focus, their potentials starts to diminish. Totally. This, yeah, totally. You know. I'd like to sum it up as sport and politics don't mix. Exactly. exactly. And and I think this is this is what um this is why we're so passionate about, you know, calling out Hair and Beauty Council, calling out the British Beauty Council because they are trying to bring politics uh, put politics at the forefront of hairdressing. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't mix, you know. Politics is is the art of creating trouble, right? You can't keep yes. everybody happy. Do you know what I mean? But you can certainly get out the way and enable people to work and earn a living and earn an honest living. My issue with Marcus Rashford is the fact that I'm sure himself he would rather be playing for England last night and scoring five goals. You know, against San Marino, he doesn't want to be on the bench, not playing. And it seems a bit coincident and a bit coincidental, the fact that the second he's become political, his sporting focus has dropped off a cliff, and now he can't get in the Man U team. I mean, you went you went for his stats earlier. You know, what yeah. two goals this year? I it's mean, right four games. So I mean, so what? so when he looks Ten back games. on his career, he's going to say, oh... You know, I, I had the world at my feet. But hey, at least I got an MBE. That's right. And guess who else has got an MBE? It's Harry Kane. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean. you know, but look, look, at least Harry Kane's not out there telling everyone what they should be doing and, and you right. know, trying to lobby right. Parliament with um, virtue. I, I found yeah. this, um, this great phrase, actually, um, and it relates to all these things because I think over the years... You know, like people that go on Secret Millionaire and they do TV shows and they advertise their charitable giving. You know, it's like it's like um, comic relief, like Red Nose Day and all that. That's coming up soon. It's the right. biggest virtue signaling event you can get because what it is, it's basically, oh, look at us. Aren't we good giving our time or giving our money to those less fortunate than ourselves? The yes. highest virtue is not conscious of itself as virtue. And basically what that means is you shouldn't be advertising your good deeds. You should just do your good deeds. Because the second you advertise your good deed, you're trying to get something else out of it. Right? Well, no, exactly. There was this... Um, I mean, on the, on the Marcus Rashford thing with the... Uh, and I was sort of like... Um, you know, quite criticising the virtual signal. It is a, there was a girl, right, user, Claire Wells, mm. who was a Macmillan Right by You project manager, Blackboard teaching thing, right? She says, okay. Joe Sinomics, ever try convincing your colleagues to give up some of their salary for a cause you're passionate about? No. Easily is not a word I would use to describe that task. Yeah. I actually replied, 
the first thing I would tell anybody is to worry about yourself first. Yeah. Make sure you're okay, then your family, then whatever is left over, then you can spread your your uh, your wealth and knowledge to the uh, to the underprivileged. But you know, so again, I, I don't understand where all these people come from. Really, I really don't. Well, like I say, it's it's the virtuousness of it all. It's the fact that you know they're telling everybody else what to do from that pedestal of look at me. I'm telling everyone what to do. I'm great. It's like yeah, but you're not a great example for me to follow. <laughs> That's right. You know exactly. I'm yes. not going to do. I, I disrespect you. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do because I don't agree with how you do it. Simple as that. I mean, yeah, I wish there was more people in the world like you know people like George Michael who. Nobody knew how much he gave to charity until That's he died. Right. That's right. Do you know what That's I mean? Right. Nobody knew. Uh, and I That's think right. that that was such a... That that was the highest virtue, what George Michael did. And, and I'm sure there's millions of people out there that do it. But these people that release their comic relief single just to get a bit of, you know, airtime on TV. Like I say, I, I, don't, I, I don't like it. There's something yeah, about it that's self-serving. Yeah. And... You know, it puts it puts them up there with our politicians, and I'm going to go from that straight segue straight into my under the bus. Yes, who's that? Sajid Javid. Oh, okay. I haven't been following him recently. I'll be honest with you, because I actually find the whole COVID thing boring now. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I, well, I've got a clip. Honestly, I've got go a clip. On. Let me play you this clip, Joe Mehmet. So, Savage Sajid Javid. As you know, he's our current health secretary. He is, I guess he's Matt Hancock 2.0. Because Matt Hancock, <laughs> I think they got rid of Matt Hancock because he didn't have the cojones to, to kind of push the mandates on vaccines and all, all this kind of thing, right? Well, you know he's writing a book there, don't you? Uh, <coughs> Matt Hancock. Who How cares? Saved- don't, don't, don't give him air time. He's, he's dead to us all. Now, I'm not pretending, nobody is, that you can have a 100%, 100% method of, of protecting them, but what you can do is reduce the, the chances of them becoming affected. And I think it is perfectly reasonable to say to everyone that works in health and care to, to, that you please you take this vaccine. Some 93% have had uh, at least one shot, and that's fantastic yeah. to see. Perfectly uh, reasonable. Sacrifice your own health in the NHS for someone else's. That have not, but over the coming months, we will work with them, the NHS will work with them in the most positive and constructive way uh, to help them make that positive decision to take the vaccine. Yeah, 37% chance is still pretty high, though, um, isn't it? Would it not be better? Well, what, people... would you, what would you like, Kay? Would you like a 100% chance? You're what, well, I was what, just about what, to go what, on, you, if I may. 30, 37%, go 37% chance. You say, you say it's quite high, but I'll tell you what, 80 and 90% chance is a lot higher. And I think your okay. viewers listening to this programme would understand that, that this is about minimising the risk. It's about minimising the, the risk. With this virus, it's a horrid virus. We, we, sadly, we know so many people that have been affected. You may know, I know people. I've lost loved ones to this. But lots of people have listening to this programme. And I think what they would expect that if you are in a vulnerable situation, if you're in a hospital bed, you're in a care home, you're at vulnerable. your home receiving domiciliary care, they don't want to know that that, that that care worker that is perhaps visiting 
some 10 people that day, if they are uh, infected and perhaps they're asymptomatic, do you want them going around every house and infecting 10 of their people that they're seeing them? Of course you wow. don't. Your viewers don't want going... to see that. Now, I'm not wow. saying it can Vaccine be 100... If I can jump in at some stage and say, really I was going to go on well, to I, well, say, why not you, you test can, people? You can, but I'm only doing what you normally do, but carry on. <laughs> oh, so he gets quite—he gets quite prickly there, defensive, don't he? Very defensive. So, so this is the point, right? I'm t- the point I'm trying to make with him, why he has to go under a bus. How can somebody stand on UK TV and look down the camera and plead to the NHS, asking them to all take this experimented, experimental gene therapy jab? Or lose their job. And then in the same breath say, but we're doing, we're trying to protect the vulnerable. Sajid, you don't protect the vulnerable by sacking or making those that protect the vulnerable redundant. Let's just get that out there straight away. So this is a classic case of, you know, it's separation. It's divide and conquer. It's, he is belittling you know, the 100,000 members of the NHS that have done more for this country and have done more during the pandemic than Sajid Javid would do in his lifetime for anybody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and well, I think, I think it, it just, it's, it's just an extension of the, 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 um, the, the protectiveness of this government, really. I mean, Boris Johnson, everybody in this government, right, it, has has got is is questionable to to their role really uh their responsibilities to the country to to the public to 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 everybody everything really that they uh, they should be they should stand for they they're just completely inexcusable I in all so. areas i think so so i've seen this great meme i'm going to share it on the salonomics channel um with you as well it's it's basically a black and white picture it, it's a, a big needle and it says, we tried scaring you, then we bribed you, then we guilted you, then we shamed you, then we blamed you. Now we're going to fire you. Yeah, that's uh, right. And yes. that is the government's stance on our nurses. You know, last year we went from clapping them, didn't we? So yes. this year, firing them. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... You tell me, is this to protect the vulnerable or and, and where is this are the, to destroy and where are these our celebrities? And where are these celebrities who were so capital? Why aren't they sort of speaking out supporting them? Where are they? Don't know, mate. You know what I mean? Where is David Beckham? Where is where is Victoria Beckham? Where is all these so-called lovely people? The elites. Um, well, the elites—they're yeah. all right, Jack, aren't they? They're—they're they're yeah. not—they're not commenting. I mean, uh, I can count mu- the musicians that have stood up against this on on one hand. You've got Van Morrison, you've got Eric Clapton, you've got Ian Brown, you've got Morrissey, and you've got. The dude who was the bassist, I think, in Mumford and Sons, who basically the band yeah, he, fired yeah, yeah, him because he didn't, sad. He didn't want to get the jab. I mean, how weak and cowardly are our rock and roll stars now that only five, I know five, that have actually yeah. come out against, you know, these tyrannical authoritarian governments. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the breaking news about Austria, though, Joe. Oh, have lockdown. you heard about Austria? Lockdown. That the, no, but the lockdowns only apply to the unvaccinated. <laughs> no, really? no, seriously, seriously. It's, this is this is this is the next 
This is the next level boss that so we're all going to have to how face. How can you govern that? Though? How can you police it? With with um, with um, police and army, and you know preventing these people from taking part in the economy. This is like Demolition Man, where you had those people that lived above ground and the people that lived below ground. The people that lived above ground, if they said a wrong word or they swore or they, you know, did something wrong, they would get fined immediately, right? You know, yeah. it's this is so sinister. It's so Orwellian. Um, uh, but it's, it's happening terrible. in Austria, guys. So it will, if you it don't will, believe me, here. if you don't believe me, here. just go on to Twitter, go yeah. on to Telegram, or maybe share some things. What's happening in Austria at the moment? But no, I did, Austria, I did see the headlines. I didn't read it. I did yeah, I saw well, the headlines. Well, go and read it because you have got fascism 2.0. You've got medical apartheid happening in Austria right now. Well, well, I, I did, I did notice right. Boris Johnson saw speaking yesterday about sort of a potential lockdown Christmas, right? Mm. So basically speaking, this is what I think happened, right? They're prepping us. They're prepping well, us. Contest was a disaster, right? Yeah. And and the country's going through a disaster. So right, it's think right. I need to I need to instill control. So it's putting fear back into the into the public. Yeah. So it can it can it can could get control again because he's lost a plot mate one with the um the sleaze well second with this climate change and thirdly with the covid right the guy's lost a plot yeah no with i agree this, with you i agree with you uh, and they're going to try and con- get back control by putting fear into uh, the public again simple as that we have to be aware of it we have to open yeah. our eyes to it all and we have to realize that we are pretty much on stage seven of full-on genocide and the thing is you don't realise it until, you know, you start looking in different places for it. And I think we can all agree that the mainstream media and what's coming out of your radio and what's coming out of your TV, they're all complicit in this big lie uh, about, you know, jabs and vaccines protecting people. They, they, these jabs and vaccines don't seem to be protecting anybody because I've seen numerous, numerous clips all over social media about how hospitals are full with people that are having adverse reactions. I mean, let's not even mention the fact that so many young footballers are having chest pains and are, are keeling over on the football pitch. Do you know what I mean? At the last report, there were 75 professional young footballers in Europe that have had issues well, yeah, this I mean, year it, it, with, it, their, it, yeah. with their heart. Well, and guess what I'm having on the 24th of this month? You're not. Please tell me you're not having a booster. Well, I've been invited to. I'm having my booster. Tell them to fuck <laughs> off. So don't no. turn up to it, Joe Mehmet. Because this is how many boosters are you going to have? Because if Boris says you're not vaccinated with two vaccines now, you're not you're you're not considered vaccinated unless you get the booster. So this is a this is a continual. This is going to happen forever. And the longer mm, that people right. comply with it. Every year, you're not vaccinated unless you've had your 63rd booster jab in four years. I mean, yeah. Joe, this is not right. This is not right. For a disease that has a 0.005% of causing you real harm, this isn't right. This is oh, no, listen, a scandal. I, I, and I don't disagree with you. should I be ref- tried. I refuse the, um, the flu vaccination. That yes. I would never have. Yeah, I've, I've been offered that every year. I've, I've never had that. I've never had that. Never had it once. But never you're too young phone. anyway. You, you're not, you're not over 60, man. Joe, yet. they're <laughs> offering it to my children at school. What, flu jabs? Yes. 
Okay, I know. Okay, I don't know that. But then I, I don't know if kids. Well, I wouldn't know that. Of course, anyway. but this is what I'm saying to you. You know, vaccines a lot of the time are medicine for healthy people. It's creating the crisis. They are creating the crisis. And and like I say, we have to. There's got to be a time where we go no more. And and hopefully, um, hopefully the Joe public is waking up to this now. Um, and and I look. I mean, like I say, I've gone too far. I've just seen the Bitcoin price. We've gone up $1,000 since the show started. So uh, <laughs> that's great news. Have I, I, I gone up as well? That uh, gone down? No, gone up. I've yeah, gone up by everything nine. Got. Bitco- Bitcoin up. is the tide. You know, when Bitcoin goes up, it's a tide that lifts all boats. Yeah, when yeah. Bitcoin goes down, it's the tide that sinks all boats. So I wish um, we, I wish you were like, we, we, like Elon Musk, right? We, every time we saw after the word Bitcoin, it either goes up or yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, imagine. I mean, that's real power, right? That's well, real I power. think I think he just takes it, for, does it for a laugh. He does, yeah. I think. Anyway, anyway, Joe, I've got yes. to do our last little read before we can go. Oh, I didn't do shout outs as well. Um, I've got to give a shout out to um, Nick Molster. Now, a lot of you are not going to know who Nick Molster is. Um, but Nick Molster got in touch with us um, via email. He has created the fantastic Podcasting 2.0 app called Fountain. Now, you can download, go and try a new podcast player, Joe. You know, don't stick with Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that. All those podcast players are rubbish because you know what? They censor podcasts. They they basically st- will stop showing any contentious podcast. We want podcasting to be the future of um, the future of media, or, or certainly a, a decentralized channel of media, so people can have the right to speak freely and openly as they want. So Nick Molster, he sent us two thousand satoshis uh, via the Fountain app. Now the Fountain app is a fantastic looking uh, app, but you can also send the show. Um, Boostergrams, which is a message while you're listening to the show, and it gets delivered to us via the app. Um, so yeah, podcasting 2.0 is becoming a really, really important platform going forwards for the, I think for the to shrink the amygdalas of of people all over the world to stop them getting so um, triggered by what's going on in mainstream media. Because like I say, yeah. Um, we need to understand when to switch all that off and not. But um, but yeah, anyway, so go and check out fountain.fm to download a new podcast player. Go and check it out. And, and yeah, um, you, I'll be able to send you some Bitcoin on it, Joe Mehmet, if you download it as well. I'll be able to send you, send you a message on there and attach a few Satoshis with the message. Brilliant. Well done, mate. Yeah. Anyway, Salonomics is the business side of hair and beauty sector with no bullshit. Support the show. Unlike any other industry broadcast, Salonomics has decided to be a solely listener-supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show both financially and through chatting on our Telegram channel. Please help us by becoming a supporter and passing the word that Salonomics is the only show which shares your passions and airs your grievances. Your contributions help us to continue to bring the content that other creators cannot dare to. If you want to shout out or to get something off your chest in an anonymous way, burn a bridge or throw someone under a bus, make sure you send us a note via PayPal or email. You can go to salonomics.com, click the button, support us, and that will give you all the instructions how to do it. 
But as a bare minimum, please leave us a review on your favourite podcast player. And if you're really cool, you'll be listening to us via one of the fantastic podcasting 2.0 apps. Right then, Joe, I think that's all the admin, all the paperwork done. Uh, it's been a long one today, mate. We went we went long. I don't know why that, that is. That is all right. Well, you know what? Now, when I talk to a few of uh, my clients who listen to the show, mm. they don't really mind it because, yeah, so like... Um, they actually enjoy because they actually sort of listen while they're driving or doing something, you know what I mean? So they're not actually sort of just sitting down, listen, they're actually actively doing something. So it's in the background for, for them. So they actually feel um, quite, um, yeah, they, 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 they don't complain that it's too long, no. No, that's good. That's good to know. All right then, Joe. Well, look, where can people find you? On Telegram, on LinkedIn. Yeah, Joe Mehmet H on Twitter as well. I can't believe you still haven't figured out how to, you know, it's an important part of the show, telling people how to get in touch. So, uh, yeah, Joe Mehmet H on LinkedIn. When they found you, they found me. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is true. Um, If you want to make retail easy, you're a salon owner or you're interested in um, the future of Salon 2.0 and creating multiple buying opportunities for you, your staff and your clients around the salon, in a very futuristic and simple way, uh, check out gosalon.uk. You can sign up uh, to get your own online shop. It's really, really easy. You just simply put your name and your email address into the website and it will contact you and begin a uh, funnel of, well, a, a step-by-step for you to show you how to create your own Go Salon app which is basically, um, yeah, the future of retail in salons. Uh, okay, then you can find me on Aaron Dawn Hair uh, on Twitter, Instagram, all the usual places. Um, but, yeah, till next time, Joe. All right, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.